0: A Series of Unfortunate Events by Lemony Snicket, The Bad Beginning. Chapter, do you know what chapter we Ten. Good job. Wow. Chapter ten. That night, Klaus was the Baudelaire orphan sleeping on the Fitfully bed, and Violet was the Baudelaire orphan staying up, working by the light of the moon. All day, the two siblings had wandered around the house, doing the assigned chores and scarcely speaking to each other. Klaus was too tired and despondent to speak, and Violet was holed up in the inventing area of her mind, too busy to plan too busy planning to talk. When the night approached, Violet gathered up the curtains that had been Sunny's bed and brought them to the door to the tower stairs, where the enormous assistant Count Olaf, the one who liked neither a man nor who looked like neither a man nor a woman, was standing guard. Violet asked whether or not she could bring the blankets to her sister to make her more comfortable during the night. The enormous creature merely looked at Violet with his blank uh, white eyes and shook its head, then dismissed her with a silent gesture. Violet knew, of course, that Sunny was too terrified to be comforted by a handful of draperies, but she hoped that she would be able to have a few moments to hold her and tell her that everything was going to turn out all, all right. Also, she wanted to do something known to the crime industry as casing the joint. Casing the joint means observing a particular location in order to formulate a plan. For instance, if you're a bank robber, although you, I hope you aren't, you might go to the bank a few days before you plan to rob it. Perhaps wearing a disguise, you would look around the bank and observe the security guards, camera, and other obstacles so that you could plan how to avoid capture or death during your burglary. Violet, a law-abiding citizen, was not planning to rob a bank, but she was hoping to plan to rescue Sunny and was hoping to catch a glimpse of the tower room in which her sister was being held prisoner, so as to make her plans more easy. But it appears that she wasn't going to be able to case the joint after all. This made Violet nervous as she sat on the floor by the window, working on her invention as quietly as she could. Violet had very few materials materials with which <clears throat> to invent something, and she didn't want to wander around the house looking for more fear to arouse suspicion of Count Olaf and his troop, but she had enough to build a rescuing device. Above the window was a sturdy metal rod from which the curtains had hung... And Violet took down using one of the rod, using one of the rocks Olaf had left in a pile of a corner she broke the curtain rod into two pieces. then she bent each of the piece into several sharp angles that uh, sharp angles leaving tiny cuts on her hands as she did so. Then Violet took down the painting of the eye on the back of the painting as the as the back of many paintings was a small piece of wire hanging on the hook. She removed the wire and used it to connect the two pieces together. Violet now made what looked like a large metal spider. Then she went over to the cupboard box and took out the ugliest of the clothes that Mr. Poe had purchased, the outfits that the Baudelaire orphans would never wear, no matter how desperate they were. Working quiet, quickly and quietly, she began to tear those into long, narrow strips to tie those strips together. Among Violet's many useful skills was a vast knowledge of different types of knots. The particular knot that she was going to use was called Devil's Tongue. A group of female Finnish pirates invented it back in the 15th century and named it the Devil's Tongue because it was twisted in so many ways that in most complicated and eerie way. The devil's tongue was a very useful knot, and when, Ve- when Violet tied the clothes strips together end to end, it formed a sort of a rope. As she worked, she remembered something her parents had said to her when Klaus was born, and again when they brought Sonny home from the hospital. "'You are the eldest Baudelaire child,' they had said kindly but firmly. "'In the eldest, it will always be your responsibility to look after your younger siblings. "'Promise us that you would always watch out for them and make sure that they don't get into trouble.' Violet remembered her promise and thought of Klaus, whose bruised face still looked sore and sunny, dangling from the top of the tower like a flag, and began working even faster. Even though Count Olaf was, of course, the cause of all this misery, Violet felt as if she had broken a promise to her parents and and vowed to make it right. Eventually, using the strength of the ugly clothing violet had a rope that was she hoped just over 30 feet long she tied one end of it to the metal spider and looked at her handiwork what she had made into what was called a gaping hook which was something something used for climbing up the sides of buildings usually for a nefarious pose using a metal end to a hook of some metal end to hook onto something at the top of the tower and a rope for her to climb violet hoped that each top of the tower until violet hoped to reach the top of the tower until sunny's cage and climb back down this was of course a very risky plan both because it was dangerous and because it was made of the of the grappling hook herself instead of purchasing at the store that sold such things but A grappling hook was all Violet could think of to use to make without a proper inventing laboratory. And time was running out. She hadn't told Klaus about her plan because she didn't even want to give him false hope. So without waking him, she gathered up her grappling hook and tiptoed out of the room. Once outside, Violet realized her plan was even more difficult than she had thought. The night was quiet, which would mean that she would have to to make practically no noise at all. The night also had a slight breeze, and when she pictured herself swinging in the breeze, clinging over the rope that made of ugly clothing, she gave. She almost gave up entirely. And the night was dark, so it was hard to see where she could toss the grappling hook. The grappling hook, and to have the metal arms hook onto something. But standing there, shivering in her nightgown, Violet knew she had to try. Using her right hand, she threw the grappling hook as high as she, and as hard as she could waiting to see if it would catch on to something. Clang. The hook made a loud noise as it hit the tower, but it didn't stick to anything. Anne came crashing back down. Her heart pounding, Violet stood stock still, wondering if Count Olaf or any of the accomplices would come to investigate. But nobody arrived after a few minutes, and Violet, swinging the hook over her head like a lasso, tried again. Clang, clang. The grappling hook hit the tower twice and bounced back down on the ground. Violet waited again, listening for footsteps, but all she could hear was terrified—her terrified pulse. She decided to try one more time. Clang! The grappling hook hit the tower and fell down again, hitting Violet hard in the shoulder. One of the, her, her arms—one of the arms—tore her nightgown and cut through her skin. Biting down on her hand to keep from crying out pain, Violet felt the place in her shoulder where she had been struck, and it was wet with blood. Her arm throbbed in pain. At this point the proceedings in the proceedings, if I were Violet, I would have given up, but just as she was about to turn and go inside the house, she pictured how scared Sunny must be, and ignoring the pain in her shoulder, Violet used her right hand to throw the hook again. Clap! The the usual clang and the sound stopped halfway through. Violet saw in the dim moon that the hook wasn't falling. Nervously, she gave that rope a good yank and it stayed put. The grappling hook had worked. Her feet touching the side of the stone tower and her hands grasping in the rope, Violet closed her eyes and began to climb. Never daring to look around as she pulled herself up to the tower, hand over hand, all the time keeping in her mind her promise to her parents and the horrible things Count Olaf would do with his villainous plan had worked. The evening wind blew harder and harder as she climbed higher and higher, higher and several times Violet had to stop climbing as the rope moved in the wind. She was certain that any moment the cloth would tear or the hook would slip and Violet would be sent tumbling to her death but thanks to her thanks to her Adroit adventuring skill. The word adroit means skillful. Everything worked out the way it was supposed to work, and suddenly, Violet felt herself feeling a piece of metal instead of a cloth rope. She opened her eyes and saw her sister Sunny, who was looking at her frantically and trying to say something, past the strip of tape. Violet had arrived to the top of the tower, right at the window where Sunny was tied. The eldest Baudelaire orphan was about to grab her sister's cage and began her descent when she saw something that made her stop. It was a spidery end of the grappling hook, which after several attempts had struck into something of the tower. Violet guessed during the climb that it had found some notch of the stone of the window or perhaps a piece of furniture inside the tower room and stuck there, but that wasn't what the hook stuck on. Violet's grappling hook had stuck onto another hook, which was one of the hooks on the hook Handed man. And on the other hook, Violet saw a glinting in the moonlight as it reached towards her. O-M-G. Yeah. Of course it is, right? Why do they always have to leave this hanging where it was good? Nah, no pun intended.